0: Hey everyone, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. This is Basil.
1: And this is Gans. Welcome to episode number 63.
0: Number 63, also known as the live episode. Yes. Some of you may be aware that me and Gans, or Gans and I, uh, just recently did a live recording at the Prophecy Forum, a conference, the majority of which was put on by your good friend, Mr. Gans. Yes. Good job, buddy. I, you know, I never really got the chance to take the time and tell you how good a job you did putting everything together.
1: Well, thanks. I think I have a few more gray hairs, and uh, yeah, you know, my bald spots are growing and stuff. But yeah,
0: but it's classy. It's like a very refined look
1: for you. Sure. Okay.
0: You know, I think it was worth the stress. I think everybody had a great time. I had a great time. You know, we got to meet a lot of new friends, a lot of new listeners. From all over the state, all over the country. And also, we had some listeners come down from Canada. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. I know I already gave a little shout out to them on Facebook, but here's a shout out via audio recording. And also, you know, shout out to everybody else who came. It was nice meeting all of you and, um, you know, showing off my facial hair.
1: Yeah, that uh, your little look caused a stir. With all the people there.
0: Talk of the town. We'll put a picture of my real face on (laughs) the show notes.
1: Right. Okay. That's your real face. It is my
0: real face, not a fake face. Mm -hmm. All right. But moving on. So what we're going to do is we're going to play for you guys the recording of the awesome stage performance of Canary Cry Radio. Sure. Uh, There's also video of it. And an awesome intro video, and all sorts of cool slides and graphics and stuff. And all that stuff is stuff you can check out later because we will make it available somehow online and also probably available for, on DVD in one way or another. Hang huh, on.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the video quality that we were captured on looks like uh, circa 1993. So we'll right. see so if we can. It's vintage. Yeah, well, it's so a little
0: bit The young hipsters will enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I think they recorded it on VHS, uh, if I'm Ah. not mistaken. So (laughs) that's uh, it'll be interesting to transfer that over to the ones and zeros. But uh, full disclosure, before we jump into the live thing, we're going to clean it up just a little bit. Just
0: some slight editing. Slight editing,
1: and we'll we'll chime in.
0: Just for the podcast, yeah. And we'll chime in, and we'll talk a little bit about what may be going on, because a lot of it was very visually... Um, focused and so we'll just come in with our smooth cool voices and explain to you what's going on um, but uh, please enjoy Canary Cry Radio Live episode 63
2: <laughs> can I try that again hey guys thanks for having me on great to be here go Rob
3: it's going great, man. How are you guys doing? Great to be on the, the show with the
1: awesome name, agenda, what I think everyone needs to know on other people. It, it didn't really it, it didn't really work that way. Well. Hi, guys. It's your boy,
4: Johnny. Oh, it's so nice to be on Canary Cry
3: Radio. People that sometimes say to us, you guys are taking this stuff way too lightly, because you guys are laughing all the time. (laughs) Watch what started it, and we opened wide to saying, Lord, we'll we'll help any of these, we'll go whatever.
2: Is that the way the Antichrist is going to arrive? Uh, I don't know, but I know that the book of Revelation tells us in Revelation 17 that the world is going to marvel at he who was, and is not, and yet is. There's a lot of minds that are being made up that say, hey, you know, E.T. is God. The God of the Bible is just ridiculous. You're listening to the Canary Cry Radio. Here's Basil and Gons.
1: My name is Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 63.
0: 63. All right. <laughs> yes, well, episode 63, a.k.a. our live episode. Some of you are listening at home, uh, streaming via the internet. Some of you are uh, listening sometime in the future uh, through the podcast. And of course, we have here in Westminster, California, the amazing crowd of 14,000 people. Let's let, let them hear you. Yes.
1: All right. Settle all right, let's down. settle down. Let's settle down. So first things first, Basil, what's with the costume? I know you talked about it a little bit before, but what's what's, what's all about, really? Guns,
0: we, we talked about this before the show, man. I really am uncomfortable... <laughs> With you pointing out my egregious hormone disorder in front of so many fans,
1: <laughs> well, it's, just, on the it's one of those things because you know you look totally different from the last time I was uh, in person with you. So
0: yes, you well, um, only the most loyal listeners of Canary Cry Radio will recall that the only other episode that we've ever recorded uh, sitting beside each other was episode number one. So That's it's, right. It's been over two years. Yeah. Yeah. i have
1: grown a lot since then.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure why we don't do that
1: anymore. Well, I think it's because we almost got terminated from uh, just our the, jobs. Yeah,
0: well, okay, just to clear up the story, it was our break time. We may have been using company equipment and company property to for uh, what they would call Personal gain, um, but I have yet to see any gain from that. Yeah. So there were meetings, memos. It was it was a big deal.
1: It was fun. Uh, Anyway, so thank you guys for being here. Actually, I can't see any of you guys. This is Babel's brilliant idea to shine this bright light right into our eyes. Uh, But those of you watching the live stream, awesome.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Good for you. Uh,
1: you. And if you guys are listening to the podcast feed later on, thank you for listening. So where are we starting here today?
0: Um, Okay, well, I guess we can sort of give a little bit of information. Um, Those of you who listen to the podcast on a regular or irregular basis, um, depending on when we put out the episodes, we talk about a lot of crazy things, a lot of things that we will hear more about at the conference And we have heard about you know we talk about i think we devoted a whole episode to mars and like how obama teleports there on the daily um the moon you know obviously how it's not actually a celestial piece of rock it's a it's a spaceship um and carries reptilian beings or something like that i don't remember that was a long time ago but for this, ooh, for this live show, we thought we would uh, go a little bit more practical. All right, so this is some some serious business um, because, as we all know, we're getting closer to the end. We've seen prophecy, we hear it all the time, and so we're going to start at the end. And the end is nigh. It was the wrong
1: sound effect, actually.
0: Yeah. We, we actually rehearsed once.
1: I lost the sound effect that's gone. Computers. Of course. Yes. Anyway.
0: Uh, so. Okay. So, we're going to talk about being prepared for the end times in, as, uh, in a few different ways. All right. So, whoever you are and whatever you believe, hopefully you can get something out of this. Right. And uh, so, say goodbye, and I hope you're all prepared.
1: Right. So some people are super prepared. And actually, there's a whole cultural movement of preparation called survivalism. And here's how our highly trusted and reputable source... The compendium of human knowledge. Wikipedia. This is what they say. Survivalism is a movement of individuals or groups who are actively preparing for emergencies, including possible disruptions in social or political order on scales from local to international. Survivalists often acquiring emergency medical and self-defense training. Often acquire, stockpile food and water, prepare to become self-sufficient, and build structures that may help them survive a catastrophe. Catastrophe. So there you go. But right. I bet there's some of you guys in here that would classify as a survivalist.
0: Right. Well, that's the thing with survivalism. Even some of the the most boring and just so everybody knows what's going uh, on on stage nowadays. at this moment. Our, our I, Basil, kind of reach blatchy. underneath the table that we're sitting at and pull out a giant backpack and slam it on the table. And it really doesn't matter who you are. Um, but uh, I, I happen to be somewhat prepared. Um, right. Don't you want to know what this is? Yeah. What is Remember, it? we got the script right in front of us, so... When I set this down. Yeah, yeah, what is okay. it? Okay, so this is what we call a bug-out bag. And some of you are familiar with a bug-out bag. It may look like this. It may look like something else. But it's really the, uh, the baseline for every prepper's um, survivalist toolkit. Right,
1: and most people are going to agree with you on that because actually there was a survey done of a 1,000 people uh, that said that 51% of Americans actually believe a financial collapse is imminent, and actually 85% say the country is overwhelmingly underprepared. So, right. good so job, Basil. I'm,
0: I'm not as crazy as I might look at this moment with the whole thing. Okay, so let's go. Uh, we're going to just dig in here a little bit. Now, again, because you know, I'm so busy with the conference, I really didn't get a chance, but this is stuck in here. Well, first of all, here's some food. Um, Originally, I had... Okay, don't judge me, all right. Okay, originally, I had some um, very delicious, calorie-rich survival bars. Um, They're about 7,000 calories each, and so, you know, um, when you're running around trying to survive, uh, you can... Like, slowly grow obese while everybody else in the world is starving. But this will do just fine. Trust me. Okay, also, obviously, this is my water bag. Empty at the moment. That's just my lack of preparation for this show. Um, Also, we have emergency radio. You know, keep in contact. Listen to your favorite, um, I don't know, classic rock or something. Um, What do we have? Oh, this is this is a must. It's a, a flashlight. Yeah, it's a very powerful flashlight. Um, it's I uh, I don't know, like a million candles or something. Sweet. Completely <laughs> waterproof.
1: Right. F- you know, for well, what would you what would you do in the water? Like
0: though, in a post apocalyptic situation. Right. Like if like the princess is in an underwater base or something, and you need to swim down. I don't know, man. I Just prepare for anything. Okay. Just prepare. All right, I'm well, not saying that would happen, right, but if well, it did.
1: W- what do you think is um, – what is your opinion about like what is the most – You know, what do most preppers believe is going to be the actual catastrophe? You
0: know? I, don't, I don't know, man. I mean I'm just prepared for anything. All
1: right. right. Well, here's some statistics. Earthquakes. Significant earthquakes, 64% actually said that they believe it's going to be an earthquake. And out here in California.
0: It's reasonable. It's
1: possible. Um, 63% said significant hurricane. 55% believe terrorist attack. 51% believe financial collapse. And uh, didn't you say none of these things? you think none of these things are going to actually happen?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know. Who am I to say, really?
1: Uh, well, you're following the 13% category there. Right. so. Oh, none of these. Yeah, none of these. None of these. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm finding out part of my problem is that it's super dark up here, and I can't see anything. So, um, okay, can I show you some more of my stuff? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so this. Okay, so I call this uh, prepper level two. You know, level one, you got the basics, the food, the water, the the magic flashlight, and then we have here. uh, This is a gas mask. they're like 13 bucks. I think you order it from Israel or something. So at, jump on it, everybody. eBay. Okay, so that. So, and paired for that, again, still here in prepper level two. Ugh. This one was a little bit harder to that's, find. That's bright. This is a, a, a Geiger counter. Again, I'm pretty sure this is about six decades old. Um, it has some, some headphones
1: here. Uh, and what it, what kind of circumstances would you uh, use that?
0: Uh, this is mostly for a, a, some sort of nuclear wasteland or like toxic rain from Japan or something. Mm. Yeah, I can I can. I got, hear whispers out there. <laughs> Do you guys know something I don't? Fukushima. <laughs> right. Exactly. Have you so. been
1: out on the beach with that thing? Or I
0: haven't been out on the beach, but I would like to tell a story. I I bought this from a lady. Um, in in an Orange County trailer park and it's she had the she was preparing I think as well because yeah. she had a pomeranian that was serious <laughs> business it was not funny uh, but it says here on the side Jeremy Shurer so if Jeremy Shurer is out there anyone um, I have your We're guy
1: name here. dropping now that's good
0: yeah, I don't know I
1: don't know if he exists all right to be honest. so what's uh, what's level 3
0: Okay, level three is a little bit more intense. This is advanced preppers. Hold on a second. Sorry, give me a second. All right, uh, I have some moonshine and a machete. Machete. Don't you want to know
1: what I? Why? Wait, do that one more time.
0: Okay. Okay. So there's some moonshine and then the machete. All right. Everybody, awesome. Okay, so there, So let me just lay it down for So,
1: you. yeah, what, when would we ever need? Right. Don't point that at me, dude. This,
0: this still has the tag from the costume store. So it's not real. We had a whole discussion about if it, uh, the machete should be real. Um, we decided on no. So you're welcome, <laughs> Calvary Chapel of Westminster. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on. So, okay, so the machete and the moonshine. Some of you may be thinking um, you're insane, and you look insane, and I agree on on one of those things. But let me just tell you a story, all right? We're just going to close your eyes, or don't close your eyes. Apocalyptic wasteland, everybody. You have survived whatever it may be, and you are trudging through the desert. You are also doing this.
1: Okay. Okay. All right.
0: And so here we go. You got your bag on your back. You listened to me. You brought your moonshine. You got your machete. And suddenly, off in the distance, the worst noise you could possibly hear in an apocalyptic situation. What is that? Tattoos, chains. That sound effect is a little bit shorter than I expected. And so, now you're faced with a situation. Oh, this light is still on.
1: Yeah, no, that okay. was hurting All right. pretty bad.
0: So, now you're faced with a situation. Do you, you can either fight or make some friends. Okay, if there's one thing that post-apocalyptic uh, motorcycle Mohawk thugs like more than Pillaging, it's moonshine.
1: Right. Okay. So
0: it's a, I I I like to call it a commodity item.
1: Sorry, So it's not for you to consume. It's no, for this isn't to, for me. Okay. This is I just for I want other. to clarify that you know. Right. Exactly. So okay. wh- When would you use the machete? Just out of curiosity.
0: Um. Well, you know, after you make some friends and the motorcycle thugs polish off the moonshine, you, you you're faced with a choice at that point. Right. Okay. And I'm not saying what choice I would make. Or even necessarily what the choices are, but they involve the machete during motorcycle. All right, okay. Well, all right. Let's move off of that.
1: I'm sorry I asked. Anyway, the question is: As Christians, how far is Mm -hmm. too far? Right. I mean, like you have the machete, you got the moonshine, you got this ridiculous outfit. What What is the the boundary here? Like, where is the line? The line. And, 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 oh, jeez! Right, don't do that. So, okay. Well, uh,
0: I I don't know. You know, I have this conversation once or twice. Um, I might have had this conversation with my mom before, and uh, uh, I think she drew the line.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: r- right, right before the moonshine. She could not find any reason for me to have the moonshine. I, I could not I, I have a uh, convince time. her in any way. Mom, if you're watching this out there somewhere. Um, I don't know. I, I have no joke to follow that. So there you go.
1: Okay. Well, is there someone we can maybe ask that can? If only we had a friend here in the building who could answer this question
0: for us. If only there was a man smart enough to help us out.
1: So right here we projected a giant face of Ellie Marzuli on the screen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The music's great. Hi, Basil.
0: Hi, once again, Uncle Phil. Yeah. Okay. So. um, (laughs) Yeah. What? Nothing, please. Continue. All this guy does, he just looks at me and
1: laughs. (laughs) All night
0: long, I can't get anything done with this guy.
1: Okay. Um, So how far? How far is too far? Like, do we need a machete and and A a machete? A machete. Yeah. A machete. Do you
0: want to hold it?
2: No, thank you. Okay. Moonshine?
0: After.
4: Okay, talk <laughs>
1: after. Well? So, yeah, wh- wh- where, do you, where do you What's
4: do your stance system? on
1: preparing
4: yeah, for, preparing for Okay, story. I have. Physical
2: danger. Okay, I'll be serious. Um, we just put on a root cellar, which is about 10 by 10. It's, it's tucked back into the hill, concrete floor, block walls. Um, it's all covered with dirt. One door, and it's um, floor to ceiling shelves. Probably six months of food and water is in there already. Um, I have a very vigorous garden. Uh, it starts yeah, vigorous. It vigorous. started off as a little little eight by eight plot, and now it's got like it's it's, it's crazy. We have we basically grow all of our own vegetables at this point. And um, yeah, where do I find the time to do this? It's no. a really, really good G-G-M-O-free. question. GMO free? But no, absolutely not. We've got potatoes growing, carrots. Um, three different types of onions. I mean, it's just constant stuff broccoli, kale, different lettuces, three different kinds of potatoes, squash. Everything comes out of the garden. Now, we still have zucchini squash, which you're eating from the summer. So, um, look, you know, we talked about something. You guys were talking about, you know, what's, what are people afraid of? I was just back on the East Coast, and my parents, um, outside of Philadelphia, the power went down for five days. And my dad's an Alzheimer's patient. He's 93 years old. And he couldn't stay in the house because there's no, there's no heat. And very quickly, the, the, the house temperature went down about 40 degrees and, and, and continuing. So we moved him to the VA hospital. But the moment was not lost on me because, okay, five days later, the power came back on. But you get an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse weapon, that's dropped over the heartland. I blogged about this incessantly, and and other politicians like Newt Gingrich have talked about it. And it blows all the electronics. It blows the grid completely out. Life as we know it goes back to pre-industrial revolutionary uh, times. And when that happens, the death count will be literally in the millions because we live in this this sort of false world of, oh, I'm hungry, what's to eat? Well, let's just go down and we'll get a burger, or we'll go to the mm-hmm. market. And even in Philadelphia, the stores were absolutely cleared out within 24 hours. And there's noth- there was nothing going on. They had some snow, five days of snow. If it really comes down and you're not prepared, it's too late. So look, I mean, I don't. it's just, it, in my opinion, um, you know, we're not building bunkers and you know, running around with AK-47s, but we are armed. We took a firearms course. We do have weapons. They are registered. We have a very vigorous garden, very bountiful garden. We have a well and a 3,000-gallon uh, water tank and, and propane. And look, if it, who wants to go through any of this stuff? But I just went through it in Philadelphia, and my parents weren't prepared at all. There was no firewood, there was no way to heat water, there was no way to do anything. And so I, if we have an earthquake, God forbid, here, we're at least prepared at our house. We've got candles, I mean, we're, we're set to go. Not that I want to go through that, but I, I you know, my, my family will, will be prepared, and I think it's a good thing. Excellent.
0: L.A. Marzulli, everybody. Thanks, guys. On the trail of the Nepali.
1: You know, this show would be terrible without guests. You realize this?
0: Yeah, I'm just learning that now. Okay, all right. (laughs) So, where I go from here is we find, at least in my experience, two different schools of thought when it comes to preparing for disasters or emergencies um, as Christians. You know, this is uh, actually a, a pretty contentious... I wouldn't say debate, but um, situation, because we're so uh, you know obviously we have faith in God for our safety. Right. You know He He, he wants the best for us. We all have uh, that sort of faith going on, and we we trust Him um, that His will be done, and we be protected from any unnecessary um, machete. I'll get this off the table here. <laughs> Thank you, um, and things like that, and that's a big thing uh, when Christians are uh, encounter the prepping movement,
1: you right? Know?
0: And uh, we may have some people here who take that attitude. The attitude number two is, uh, well, I like to call the Noah complex. You know, I, in my opinion, Noah was the very first prepper. He knew that there was a situation coming, right. God told him about it, and he took the necessary steps to literally save all life on the planet. Okay? All right? Yep, I'm hearing some amens out there, right? Okay, there's a couple. There you go. So, so those are the two schools of thought. Right. All right. And, and, but let's, let's take a moment and let's go to Scripture uh, and see what it says for both sides there. Sure.
1: Okay. Alright, well, let's check this out There's a few scriptures that talk about being against prepping So here's some of them okay. Luke twelve thirty three 33-34 says this Sell your possessions and give to charity Make yourselves money belts, which do not wear out An unfailing treasure in heaven Where no thief comes near, nor moth destroys For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also
0: so now I don't know if this actually counts as a prep anti-prepping scripture.
1: Maybe not. Anti-prep, but, I have but heard
0: it been given. Prep
1: in the right mindset, right? Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. But what else you got? All right. You got Exodus fourteen thirteen through fourteen, and Moses said to the people, "Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent."
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. I, so the yeah, Lord's doing the fight. I see it. We don't need it. our machetes and moonshine well, necessarily, yeah. right? Okay.
0: Right. But those are all kind of in, in a certain context. Okay. You know, there's context behind it. Okay. Well, is, what that, else? is that your rebuttal of context? I'm just saying. Okay. 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 What else?
1: John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay.
0: All right. Those are all very good right. And I can see how those can be used as sort of, you know, just trusting God
1: you know, Yeah, no, need no machete to, no necessary, need no machetes, moonshine so necessary. necessary Right, okay, so
0: Proverbs is one of my favorite books in the Bible Because the context of Proverbs is proverbial You know, it's sort of Sure,
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> that makes sense That's you know, good i wait
0: for you guys <laughs> that's to pretty. That. That's
1: pretty good, deep, mm-hmm. deep Okay,
0: right Okay, so this is general wisdom Now, so let's take a look at Proverbs twenty-one, twenty. The wise store up choice food and olive oil But fools gulp theirs down Alright, pretty basic Okay Save it up Okay Alright, uh, f- another one From Proverbs Hello A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences Okay Alright All right. Solid Solid all right. And and this goes back to uh, my original thought with Noah, which is Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Boom. Boom. Noah prepper. Okay. <laughs> right? See, holy fear. Okay. So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, again, I, I really, this beard is driving me nuts, okay?
1: That's your idea, dude.
0: Ugh, get out of me. Okay, Noah, the original prepper. And I really kind of, you know, I want to use this example because it's so gangster. Not in the gangster in the way that young people are using it. It's cool, okay? It's very cool because nobody believed him, everybody called Noah a crazy person. That's true. You know, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Nobody had ever seen somebody build an ark or collect every animal in the world or anything like that. That's not an average thing to do back in the day, okay? And I think it parallels really well with what's going on today in, in whatever situation you believe. If you believe it's an earthquake or a government sort of thing or um, aliens coming down and... You know, Christians being rounded up. You know, all sorts of things. They all sound pretty extreme and pretty crazy. And I think a lot of preppers today are in the same situation that Noah was. And when it starts to rain, you know, we know who's going to
1: be laughing all the way to the ark or whatever. (laughs) Well, speaking of Noah... There's a movie about Noah coming out. Noah
0: movie, Noah movie. And,
1: um, you know. It looks pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. Who Have here you guys has seen yeah. the
0: trailer for the Noah movie? Um,
1: scream! <laughs> oh, man. All right. Did you guys see the fire sword?
0: Yeah, there's a fire there's sword.
1: There's a fire sword. There's a sixth arm.
0: This is straight Genesis Nephilim 6. Nephilim They did not angel pull back. Thing. Genesis 6 is the Noah chapter and also Nephilim chapter. Yeah. Okay, so this is serious business. And it's interesting to see that that's being used in the Noah movie. Yeah. I mean, we got fallen angels,
1: Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte's in it. That's there's your first fallen angel.
0: You hear that, Nick Nolte? We're on to you. Right. So, I, and that's I guess that kind of brings us to the next point, which is, sure, you know, it's going to be interesting for for two reasons. It's going to be interesting to see how a secular culture responds to fallen angels suddenly being involved with the Noah story that they really. Had no idea about because in sunday school we all learn the noah story every single person even people who aren't christians and get dragged to sunday school but for whatever reason all know the story of noah okay but what they don't know is fallen angels coming down laying with women and creating monsters Sure. Okay, that's a new thing. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Right. It, 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 it's,
1: you know, especially with the secular crowd. Yeah, but even the Christian church within the church, this will be something that is going to be discussed because it'll be interesting to see if, you know, how the church reacts to this, right? Right. Cuz, you know, your normal Sunday preacher, what are they going to say? They're going to start saying, "Well, this is the occult version, that's true. the fake version of Noah they're trying to taint the story." Right. Right.
0: Well, it'll be like kind of the response from um, a certain church that you and I both know about and have attended in the past, sure? where they sort of are reading the Noah story and go, oh, the, you know, since God came down, made it with the daughters men, and then uh, made Nephilim. Well, that's weird. <laughs> let's move on like from the pulpit that's almost exactly what they yeah, said
1: it was pretty disappointing
0: right and so um this is just gonna bring that up one more time but i don't know i mean i guess we're just gonna have to see and see what happens you, but what would be cool though like if we could read the script and check
1: oh wait do we know someone if that- only we had
0: a friend in the building who is an award-winning screenwriter. F- oh, there he is Mr. Giant Face, Brian Godawa.
1: Okay. <laughs> Mr. Giant Face, huh?
0: Okay, just for some <laughs> clarification. We had put up a giant picture of Brian Godawa's face on the giant screen and so that was the giant face I was referring
1: to okay so you're, you're not saying he Brian Godawa has a giant face no
0: by all means Brian Godawa's face is normal average grown man sized and that was just a a mishap okay a misspoken oh, okay, well, let's get back know. to it
4: I can tell you about the watchers in the movie Uh well in the Ooh. script okay oh. I actually got a hold of a script. It's a couple years old, all right, and I read the entire script, and I did a critique of it on my blog because I thought a lot of Christians would not be very happy with it, hmm. particularly Nephilim lovers.
0: <laughs> what? Yes. Isn't Nephilim lovers a bad thing?
4: Well, or, okay, Nephilim nuts. Okay. All you Nephilim nuts there out go. there. Okay.
0: L.A.? Oh, he went
4: home. Uh... And as a matter of fact, the Watchers are in there, but they Aronofsky, now, okay, I read an older script and things could change from an old script to the movie. However, I've also talked to some people who have seen the most recent screenings and there's a lot similar. And rumor has it, unfortunately, that I think Aronofsky com- confuses the Watchers with the Nephilim sort of together. And the they're, the Watchers are kind of like these multi-armed... Monsters? That's fine. You know, whatever. A little bit of creativity doesn't hurt anybody. But they fall from the heaven into, like, lava or something. And they're, they basically end up being these big rock giants. Ooh, but rock here's giants. the thing. They're good guys.
1: What? Uh, what? What?
4: Uh, now, here's the thing. Like, we all know, you know, you read the Bible and, and uh, it's not... You know, you read the Bible, Genesis 6, and particularly the book of Enoch, which clarifies that, as well as Jude and Second and, uh, Peter. And you see that the fallen angels are bad guys, right? And their progeny, the Nephilim, are bad guys as well. But in this story, in the script, and I, what I hear in the movie, is they're basically the good guys who want to help mankind. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's rather than, like, we know, like, in the book of Enoch, it talks about how they reveal occultic secrets to mankind and all that. Right. And so, in a way, it's kind of like, they're the good guys, so then what would that make God? Hmm. Kind of a bad guy. I don't know. I don't know. It's a little... little. Well, uh,
0: that's just shaky. blowing my mind, you know, because we did not talk about this before. We probably should have, as responsible people putting on a program, but that is extremely disheartening to hear cuz that's following exactly the trend that we would expect yeah well shucks
4: all right Brian, however, gotta, whoa 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 however
0: whoa, whoa.
4: Okay. i think this is a great opportunity you know that if you are interested in seeing it if you want to wait to to find out you can check my blog cuz i'm going to see it opening weekend or before and i'll write all about it so if you if you don't want to waste your money if it's going to be too offensive you know but we don't know because, you, you know, it's, you never know. There could be a lot of good things about this movie, even if there's some bad things that you don't like. And it all depends on how they deal with the meaning and the theme behind Noah. That's the most important. It's going to have fantasy elements. It's going to have imaginative things that fill in the, in between the lines. That's okay. I think most Christians are tolerant of things that are made up as long as you don't violate the spirit of the story. So I would recommend you know checking out my blog if you don't if you want to wait to make sure to see what it's about. Uh, or really just go buy the book Noah Primeval by Brian Gadawa.
1: Nice. Woo!
0: Nice. There we go, everybody. A big rounding hand of applause for Brian Gadawa, our own award-winning screenwriter and friend of Canary Carrier. Just let that play out. Epic music. Okay, so, well, that's disappointing. Um, I mean, not Brian. He's obviously thrilling and never disappoints. Um, But, okay, so uh, I guess we can sort of, from there, move on to uh, sort of the secular... um,
1: Response?
0: Yeah, secular response to the Christians meeting together and how... You know, this is all going to change coming uh, up soon with all these things. Because, I mean, this is sort of uh, more propaganda, the whole Nephilim being good guys thing. I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff like this, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's its causing a lot of trouble. But in culture in general, Christians are continuously... Um, You know, our reputation seems to be going downhill. Sure. But, you know, not deservedly, admittedly.
1: Do you have an example? Well, like, okay,
0: so there was the Bill Nye evolution debate recently. Yeah. Um, Who did did he debate? Do you remember? Yeah. I probably should have written that down now, shouldn't I? Probably, yeah. But I didn't. Anyways, (laughs) but that's not the point. The point is, after the debate, a hoax came out saying that Bill Nye had been murdered by a guy who said God told him to do it because of the debate, right? Hmm. And it turned out to be a hoax. He's very much alive. But it did not help, um, you know, the Christian image going into these times that we are.
1: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the Bible obviously talks quite a bit about Christians being persecuted. And, you know, there's a few scriptures that I think most of us are pretty familiar with, but we'll run through a couple of them. You got Matthew uh, 24, 9. Where it says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So that's exactly what's happening in culture. There you you go. And then, of course, even earlier, Matthew 5, 10, uh, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, again, it's like, expect it, right? It's right. not like, oh, it's going to happen. It's like, no, expect this to happen.
0: Right, okay. We see it coming. Yeah. Right. Well, I think really the point is, and, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, technology and, uh, and the coming technocracy as uh, a lot on the show, and how, what role that will take in the future of humankind and how we're supposed to react to it. But I think the big point is that in the eyes of the world, and especially those who are um, involved in the progression of the human race uh, in uh, many different ways, is that Christianity and Christians will become an enemy to progress. L.A. said it earlier tonight. Right. That that's the biggest problem. I mean we're fighting the not fighting but I mean we're aware of the great deception and we know that when the aliens come and they give us all this technology and we're saying don't don't do that that's bad they're not happy aliens they're mean Right. right and then we look bad
1: yeah well I mean we're again we're marginalized as being sort of against progress and I think that that whole concept is found especially in this movement of transhumanism and actually, you know, I was, um, I found this article that I blogged about and, you know, there was this guy that talked about, uh, how AI day is going to replace Christmas in less than 25 years. And his name was Zoltan Istvan. What's AI day? Uh, artificial intelligence day. Okay. So yeah. What does that mean? It means the day they achieve artificial intelligence. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so here's a quote, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow About when I talk about the global brain and different sections of the quote. There's a lot of quotes from this guy that I just was like, you know, my jaw was on the floor. But here's part of it. Um, here's what he says. Quote, In my novel, The Transhumanist Wager, the evangelical antagonist philosophizes that the first AI will naturally evolve into the Antichrist and bring Armageddon. Most scientists, technologists, and artificial intelligence experts find those worries laughable. Regardless what happens in the future, it's safe to say AI will be an entity speaking to us in hackneyed parables, or wait, hold on, did I miss a word? Not be an entity speaking to us in hackneyed parables or telling us to pluck out our eyes and cut off our hands if we sin. It probably also won't threaten us with hopeless, fiery hell of eternal punishment for our lack of faith. It's far more likely... The greatest tool our species has ever created will tell us how to end world poverty with inventive technologies, how to best fix the earth of the environmental degradation we've caused, and how to heal ourselves of all disease and live indefinitely via radical science. And this is the same philosophy as ancient alchemy. So I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, He also calls Christians neo-Luddites, basically a neo-Luddite. Is someone who's totally against technology and that, you know, obviously like uh, our duck friend here wants to just destroy technology. And, um, you know, I don't think we're that, right? I mean, we're sitting here in front of computers and, you know, you, you know, wear glasses. I wear glasses. Some people have different devices that sort of help them and, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, how far is too far, you know?
0: Right. Well, I think that's the real question. And that's kind of the question that we keep coming back to. And, you know, again, this is a conversation that we bring up on the podcast a lot. And uh, uh, sort of the, the future of hyper-human machine relationships, you know, uh, having all sorts of implants and upgrades to our body, which sounds insane. But this is serious stuff that's going to be coming up. In the very, very new f- near future, for those of you who are paying attention um, to the tech world, I mean, we talk about Google Glass and how crazy that is, but I mean, there are far more advanced technologies that exist today that could be implemented in the public that are very scary. I mean, we're talking about nanobots that live in your body and automatically heal you when something uh, is wrong. I mean,
1: if they're helping people that have handicaps or, you know, don't have the same sort of privilege as we do, is that necessarily bad?
0: Well, I'm not going to get caught in your little trap, mister, Okay? okay? I know where you're going with this, but I think the real problem lies in the scale of technology. And this is where, uh, you know, in the situation, if you just take a step back and you look at the whole timeline, um, you know, it just gets more complicated as you go.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, in in my new film, Age of Deceit 2, Alchemy and the Rise of the Beast Image, I come out and say that I don't think technology is evil. And actually, uh, you know, it's, it's... it's a tool. It's being used to um, fulfill something. And I think it's going towards an evil end, but I don't think technology itself is evil. But uh, again, you know, tomorrow I'm going to talk about this global brain idea. And just to outline the theory real quick, and this comes from Revelation 13, where the false prophet talks about him breathing this breath in, in, of life into the image, and the image is going to speak. And if you don't worship the image... You're going to be slain. Well, I'll get into all the details and the nitty gritty tomorrow. But um, basically, the idea here is that if you're not a, a participating neuron in this global brain, you know that is forming, and we're not, you know, with the whole world on this one mind hive mind.
0: You're talking like the internet turns into like a brain? It just
1: becomes conscious. And there's all these people that are saying that that's what's happening. Okay. And that, you know, we are the neurons. The blogs and IMs and all this stuff are neural pathways. And all the Wi-Fi that we're not seeing in the air are, you know, the connections, the synapses. And eventually the earth itself is going to have this consciousness. Right. So anyway, and then the idea is, you know, that the philosopher's stone is going to be presented... Um, it 's actually going to be the mark of the beast, but it 's going to be this thing that 's going to cure diseases the same thing this guy just said earlier, right that you know we 're going to live longer we 're going to live forever, and we 're going to exceed ourselves right
0: right got it yeah yeah well that 's what i 'm saying it's it 's the whole transhumanism thing, and that 's what we 're dealing with, and that is a very big uh Situation. I mean, we have Mark of the Beast, which is is widely accepted. I mean, technology is is basically what's going to bring that around. Right. I mean,
1: they just saw you guys just saw L.A. pull out a thing that's got little nanotechnology stuff going on. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be a role, right?
0: Right. Well, are, so you're saying the Mark of the Beast is what's going um, to include us in this sort of global brain that is. You know, the internet. Right.
1: And interestingly, in alchemy, there's this thing called a homunculus, and it's otherwise known as the golem, right? Okay. And the idea of a golem is that it's a helper for humanity. And, you know, it's an inanimate object that you breathe life into, and it becomes this helper. So, what's interesting is that in some, you know, mystical, cabalistic corners, they say that to create a homunculus or a golem, there's two steps. One, You form the body, and there's all these rituals and stuff to do that. And two, you place a sacred mark on the forehead, in the mouth, or on the hand. Hmm. So that's interesting that that's how you make the golem come to life. So... So,
0: Are you making like a comparison? Yeah, so in the end times,
1: if, you know, effectively... As L.A. said, he's trying to create us in his image. That's exactly right. You know, he, Satan's trying to create us, uh, create us into his golem, his helpers, right? Okay. And so this mark that's going to be put on the forehead or the hand is going to be essential. And it's going to be the thing that lets us be part of this global brain. And if you're not part of it, you're going to be seen as a virus to this brain, and obviously eliminated. Right. That's
0: a good point. If you're not being, in, if you're not involved in the system, then you're sort of a free radical. And what do you do with free radicals?
1: Destroy them.
0: All right. So I see. I see the point. And and, and this brings me to a situation that I've always sort of wondered about because we know that the mark of the beast is going to. Um,
2: okay. So in this upcoming segment, buy, sell, I trade,
0: try to sort of explain a question that I've had or pose a question to everybody Um, and I had some charts and things but the basics of the question was if some sort of technology or something comes out that is so reminiscent of the Mark of the Beast you know all the details are there uh, except for they want to put it on a different
1: part of your body so you're saying every aspect as far as buy, selling, or trading prohibited have something to do with the worship of the image of the beast, the Antichrist, you know, all the stuff that's talked about of the third temple and Jerusalem and there he is. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: If all that comes true, but they don't want to put it on your head and they don't want to put it on your hand, but they want to put it on your butt. Just just for example. Um, How are we supposed to deal with that? You know? Because the Bible is very specific when it comes to prophecy, you know, all the details are really important. And if that one little detail gets tweaked, you know, I mean, that's just something we should at least be prepared to answer, you know, because what? Oh, it's not on my head or my forehead or my forehead or my my hand. Uh, It's on my butt. So I guess it's chill and I'm just going to get it, you know.
1: Yeah, that is a good question. and. You know, I I think the way you posed it to the audience, I'm not sure if they fully grasped it at that moment because it was, you know, it it is kind of a a deep question.
0: It is, and I don't think, I'll take responsibility for that. There was some humorous images being projected on a giant wall behind me, so the, the gravity of the situation might not have been grasped. But I hope those of you listening here on the podcast can really understand how serious of a question it is. Because that could be a really deceptive thing.
1: Sure, uh, I will say the giant arrow that was pointing at a outline of a man. Uh,
0: it was tasteful. No, and that's scientific. what
1: I was. I was going. That's I was going to commend you for pulling it off uh-huh. without, uh, you know, offending anybody.
0: Oh, if there's anybody out there who could say that I would be insensitive or not politically correct. I dare you to say that to my face because I will take you out.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, at this point we, I guess you had, uh, you asked the audience if anyone's with you, right?
0: Yeah. Nobody was man. Except I, I just had my, the very loyal Johnny. Say, I think this is Johnny yeah. Okay, who here thinks this is a legitimate question and is on Team Basil? Yeah, baby. There we go. Yeah, Johnny. I can always count on you, buddy. (laughs) I, I literally cannot see anything, but I just know it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying anything weird. I'm just saying. Okay. So what do you got, Mister Guy? we need more cricket sounds or do you have
1: a well i mean i mean my personal opinion
0: yeah uh, yes your personal okay well my
1: personal opinion is that if 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 and when this mark of the beast happens it's Mm -hmm. it's not going to be you know that Mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be how it's prophesied like i have kind of I have faith that that's how it's going to work it out. That's just my opinion. I just don't think it's going to work out that way.
0: If only we had a friend in the building who was familiar enough with the current state of global transhumanist movement and Bible prophecy to discuss this, could such a person exist? I think he does. Mr. Rob Skiba, are you out there anywhere? Hold on, let me get my flashlight. I missed the memo. There he is. All right you got a microphone. For him. Oh, yeah. I don't know what. Okay. What's
1: up with this music? he chose this music for Rob? Uh,
0: I did. Okay. All right. So Go on. So, do you need to see the diagram again?
3: No, no, I don't no. need. Th- okay. Thanks for the setup. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm with Gons on that. <laughs> I'm going with what the Bible says. Okay, but if every forehead detail... Forehead and wrist or hand.
0: Okay, so you're saying that all the Christians out here, all 14,000 of them, and all of the people listening and everything, if there's something that comes out that limits your ability to buy, sell, and trade, that pledges allegiance to whatever system is taking over, but it happens to not be on your hand or on your forehead, and just, you know, somewhere else... That, you know, that it means nothing.
3: Okay. It's a tough question. (laughs) Where are you going with that? Would I do it? Yeah. Would you take the mark? I'm very weary of anything that has to do with government, period. Right. So if they're trying to make me do something like that, it's going to be a no.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, okay. Even if beheaded.
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so where do you see... Uh, the the state of affairs you know where we are and where it relates to you know the technocratic part of the coming of the sign of or the the mark of the beast and things like that
3: are you asking me what I think the mark of the beast might be yeah just uh, give us a general well here's the thing the devil counterfeits everything God does so how do we have our salvation what's our salvation what purchased our salvation blood Blood. We have our salvation through the precious shed blood of the Lamb, Christ. You know, Jesus shed his blood and we have salvation through him. So I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that the Antichrist might offer something that has to do with his blood, which would guarantee a counterfeit immortality. The reason I say that is because, yes, we know about the buying and selling issue in Scripture, but there's also that those verses that talk about, in those days men will beg for death, but death will flee from them. Mm-hmm. So it appears that they have, in some way, purchased a counterfeit immortality. And at that point, they are no longer redeemable. They're cast alive into the lake of fire. Cast alive into the lake of fire. So it is my belief that how that looks as far as you know, the hand or the forehead, I don't know. I don't know how, how that would be incorporated. But I do believe it's going to have something to do with the blood, probably the blood of the Antichrist. If he's, in fact, a direct antithesis of Jesus Christ.
1: I, I would add, too, Basil, since you're playing the other side here but it's okay it's okay
0: i'm just asking questions sure
1: um i mean it's possible that the mark on the forehead or the hand is not the actual product itself that you know causes the global enslavement program but simply just that a mark and maybe the chip or the element that does actually tie you into the system could be anywhere
3: well, yeah. I mean, you think about, like, if you ever go to a hospital, they put a needle in you, right. you know, intravenous or what have you. A lot of times they'll put it in, you know, at your wrist, your arm or whatever. I don't know what the delivery mechanism is going to be. I really don't. I don't think any of us do. We'd be speculating. But there's clearly a mark of some sort that ends up either on the hand or on the forehead. But I believe whatever this is, be it a microchip or a genetic marker or something, it's going to change us genetically such that we are no longer redeemable at that point. And that's a, that's a frightening thing, you know, and there's some people who would say, well, what do we need to worry about that for? And you know what, you talked about prepping. Now I don't want to get into the debate of the rapture. I I hope it's a pre-trib rapture personally. (laughs) That'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, I'm like, well, what if it isn't? Because how, the the way I look at it, I'd rather be prepared and not have to be prepared than not be prepared when I need to be prepared. So, you know, I want to get as educated about this stuff as I possibly can, learn all about it, look for the signs of what evidence there might be of such things happening, so I know what to avoid and not to uh, get involved with. You know, and the corruption of all flesh is something that's very much on my mind as far as my research. Genesis chapter 6, everybody talks about 1 through 4 in the Nephilim, but Genesis 6, verse 12, said that all flesh had become corrupted in the days of Noah. And so, and also Genesis 6-3 is very intriguing to me because Genesis 6-3, God says that you know, his spirit would no longer be able to dwell with a man, but his days shall be 120 years. And my research has led me to believe that the reason he said that is because the corruption of all flesh that took place in the days uh, leading up to the flood were in the last 120 years of Methuselah's life. And during that time period, and you know there are extra-biblical sources, and I understand that they're extra-biblical, they're not canonized, I get it. I don't treat them as scripture. But I think Doug Hemp said it well. He says they, they make for excellent commentary on the scriptures, and the Hebrews, uh, Hebrew people who wrote the scriptures a lot of times would quote from these books or reference them. If we are to put any value in them at all, then the extra-biblical text of Joshua and the extra-biblical text of Jubilees both talk about, in the latter days of Methuselah, men began to blend themselves with animals and with plants and fish and birds and reptiles. It's transhumanism. And all I have to do is read Matthew twenty four thirty seven. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. Watch the evening news, and we're seeing the creation of genetically modified organisms. We're seeing 150 animal-human chimeras created in the laboratory in the UK. We are doing transhumanism. And my view on that is that God created everything to reproduce after its own kind. The Bible says that in repeated places. So what happens when you create something that is no longer a kind that God originally intended to be? You and I, we all, as normal human beings, have a a space inside of us, a God space, that the Holy Spirit's allowed to come into. That God made us so that he could dwell within us. But if we corrupt this image in such a way that he can no longer dwell within us, then I believe that that's Genesis 6-3. If you guys don't stop what you're doing, my spirit will no longer be able to dwell within you. And then it's too late. I have no choice but to wipe you out. And that's what I believe happened in the days of Noah. And I believe that's, those are the days that we're stepping into today with all this transhumanism. Like you, I'm not afraid of technology. I love technology. I'm, I'm, I, I'm concerned with singularity and some of the things that they're doing with that, where we get to the point where we take whatever is us and put it in a machine. But like, you know, bionic leg, bionic arm, eye, whatever. I think that that could be beneficial and help people. I'm not worried about that. Well, I am worried about blending with animals and species that can actually change or alter my DNA, so that I am no longer capable of being a house for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in, that's very scary.
0: Amen. All right, Rob Skiba, everybody. All right, so we're running out of time here, so I'm just going to kind of try to cut to the chase here, and that sure. is. That the point is that there's a lot of different facets of what, uh, what we call the end times. You know, we've, we've covered a few of them here, but the point that uh, personally I'm trying to make is that we're all going to have a lot of decisions to make in regards to uh, navigating what we call the end times. Okay, and they're very, very personal decisions. Like we've heard on every single thing. Here, let me get your face down, Rob Skiba. Here, doop. There we go. Okay. So, and and when and the thing is, my biggest problem that I have today is that things become so personal, and these things become so divisive in the body of Christ that, you know, there's a lot of people now that uh, will totally separate themselves from other believers because they don't believe the same thing. And when we're coming into the end times, what we need to be doing is unifying. And I'm not saying we need to all think the exact same thing. You know, that's never going to happen, in my opinion. That's never going to happen. But when it comes to surviving, whatever it is, and we all have different beliefs on the tribulation and, uh,
1: the rapture. The
0: rapture, and those details. But what we need to do is make sure that we're in fellowship with other Christians, because we were not made as Christians to, to be lone rangers. That was never the plan. You know, it's clearly mandated that we're to be in fellowship with other believers. And, uh, I mean, I, let's just transfer for a couple minutes into... How to spiritually navigate um you know what's gonna be coming.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Let's, let's wrap up with that because we're running out of time. Let's so. do it.
0: Running out of time. Sure. So we're through um this.
1: so there's a couple scriptures that really point to this and we're gonna end with that. But uh Second Corinthians thirteen eleven, it says, Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And 1 Peter 3, eight says, Finally, all of you have a unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So I think that's really important to keep in mind as we sort of navigate through the end times. Because sure. there are different views, there are different perspectives, and we th- see through a glass darkly, and we're not going to exactly know how it's going to turn out. But it's fun to kind of poke around and see what's going on. And it's a little bit alarming when you look at some of the things that are out there. And finally... Uh, the last scripture here that we're going to end with Philippians 127. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose fighting together for the faith, which is the good news.
0: Amen, well there you have it folks. we're running out of time here for Canary cry Radio. So make sure to go to canarycrabradio.com, check out the archives, and uh, drop us a line and say hello. And in these times that we're moving into, uh, with all the personal decisions that we'll have to make regarding all the different topics, um, I pray and I plead with you to stay one with the body of Christ as we move in, and so we can all go through this together with Christ as the head of our church. So... Make sure to tune in at some point. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, think outside the cage. Thank you. There you have it, everybody. The Canary Cry Radio live show.
1: The podcast version. Yeah, and we had some awkward moments. Some some not-so-funny jokes. We thought were funny.
0: beautiful moments
1: yeah awesome beautiful moments
0: filled with friendship and (laughs) family family and uh but anyways yeah it was very nice and thanks for everybody coming out to the conference it was so awesome meeting you giving you high fives taking pictures with you and selling you t-shirts yeah that's right canary cry radio t-shirts are hot off the press and uh If you... Well, I guess you could send us an email if you want one, but they will be on the website very shortly.
1: We'll give you some of the details of how you can get those shirts in an upcoming episode or a flyby or something, so...
0: There'll be a flyby, I think.
1: Okay. Well, stay in touch because we'll let you know all the details of how you can get your hands on a Canary Cry Radio t-shirt.
0: Yep. So there you go. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Give it as a gift to your boss, or your auntie. Pet dog. You're
1: not a wild dog. Oh, by the way, my my dog destroyed our Prophecy Forum banner. Yeah. He he ate it today. I guess you're just going to have to put him down. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. He's (laughs) sitting right here. By the way, uh, he almost ate the shirts, but he didn't. I know. Because he knew the people want want the shirts he knew
0: that Basil would come over and take care of him (laughs) like he did on the farm
1: with a machete and some moonshine Yeah. alright this is getting out of control
0: we're going on alright everybody so there you have it another episode of Canary Cry Radio make sure to visit the website for show notes and other cool stuff and until next time think outside the game I think I can do it, man. I'm totally losing it over here.
1: All right. All right we're good. We're good. Right. Just we a go. few more minutes here. Yeah, okay, here we go.